The views and opinions expressed in the Golden Boot Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot Podcast as a whole. Y'all ready to get rolling? Quiet on the set. Welcome back. Another hot episode of HBCU. I wish your boy Pooh Bell. Got my man Ant Petty Murphy in the building. What's good with you, my boy? Almost messed up. I, I saw it. I was going I, I... <laughs> I'm chilling, bro. I'm good, man. Uh not letting the Saints get to me tonight. Ain't even ain't even gonna let them stretch me tonight, dog. Saints and Pels. Pels winning right now, so I ain't tripping. They was winning the other night. Hey, we're not talking about I'm just going to say, get y'all ish together. Hey, listen, listen. Your team lost too? I know, but I wasn't betting on my team. Well, that, hey, shut up. <laughs> the dog agree. Yeah, yeah, the Pels. Yeah. Yeah, but no, yeah, you right. Ain't nobody tell you to bet on my team. Your you team lost me that. money, so I can't say nothing. You gotta worry about that no more. <laughs> Your team lost me some money, so we in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um to Chicago, man. Come on, man. I know, man. I know, I know. Well, he out tonight. Braun out tonight. Um it's getting to, it's getting close to that birthday. He's gonna play for uh Christmas. And probably relax until his birthday. So, um, yeah, I expect a, a thrashing tonight because AD probably ain't going to play much. Well, we got no Zion and we still handling business right now. So, well, that's good. It's good. Happy for y'all. Anyway, we got a good one tonight. We got, uh, got some special guests coming through Cardell Thomas. Two-time national champion uh, will be coming through. We'll talk about um, this his this, the latest one. You know the Celebration Bowl championship. Uh, talk about his time at FAMU, uh, what he expects. You know, since going forward and uh, reflect back. I guess we can look back at his signing day and, and how that went. You know, because uh, that's gonna tie it over when we start talking about signing day with our good man Zach. Uh, Zach McKinnell, formerly of the Blue Bloods, uh, for FCS Central. I think that's what it's called, FCS Central Sports Illustrated. But FCS Football Central, excuse me. Uh, yeah, man, we got that. Uh, we got to talk. I'll say that again. It'll forever be blue to me. Oh, most definitely. Um, we also got to talk, man. Um, We gotta talk about uh expectations when we talk when we look at coaches. 
And uh, well, I ain't gonna say expectations. Maybe that's a, that's that's the wrong word. We gotta talk about logical, being logical when looking at picking a head coach, and you know some of the uh, criteria. What what is your criteria? You know what I'm saying? We gotta talk about that. So because uh, it's it's some it's some bullshitty going down in uh, Houston. That's what that's why I should have named Houston. We have a problem. That's what should have been the name of the episode. But yeah, we gotta get down and talk about it. But first, man, you know what we gotta do. We gotta get a shout out to our sponsors over at Bet Online. BetOnline.ag will be back in one minute. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your sports information, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds, lines, and player injury reports for this year's NBA and NHL playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters. This season, we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. We have everything from NBA, NFL, MLB, and NHL to golf, tennis, UFC, and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. Head on over to BetOnline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we are back. Um, before we get started with our with, with our good man Cardell, um, before he gets in here, we got about probably about, about ten minutes or so. Um, uh, what's good, Edwin? Edwin in the building. Uh, shout out to everybody tuning in as well. Edwin asked a question uh, before we get really get into. Uh, he asked me the question. He was like, "Man, why your son ain't ain't you know saying go to Southern?" I'm gonna give us a simple answer to that, Edwin. They never reached out. Huh. Never did, reached out. Say so what now? Did any HBCU reach out? Two. We are literally, uh, I tell this story all the time. We're literally 45 minutes at most uh on a bad traffic day away from uh Alabama AM. Um I, we didn't hear from Alabama and them until like around homecoming. So, yeah, go figure. Um, I think he did hear from uh, Jackson State. So, no Alabama State though. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I would. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, oh, we did. Uh, I did try to get tape to a few people. You know, say putting in. You know, saying cut people hands and get let them look. So, yeah. But anyway, um, let's talk about uh, last night, man. Yeah. Well, was it last night? Yesterday? I, I guess yesterday is probably the better terminology. Uh, Coppin State welcomed in LSU's women basketball. Um, it was a actually a homecoming for for you know all intents and purposes for. Angel Reese playing in Baltimore, playing against uh, Coppin State in her home city. Um, and although the first quarter opened up, it was it was LSU by a lot. Coppin State played a really good game, got back into it, uh, got the, the lead. Down, well, got the uh, 
margin down to about eight. LSU went on a run, and Coppin State came back with another run. There were uh, the first and the third. Coppin State seemed almost invisible, um, but the the second and the fourth quarter, they they played lights out. Um, young lady had a uh, guy. What is her name? Uh, KT TK. I can't remember for Coppin State. She was knocking down threes left and right, and. Um, I think she was on the verge of either breaking a record or, or setting a record, but yeah, it was a, it was a LSU victory by a lot, but Coppin State played a, a, a really good game. So. Yeah, I mean, I just think the opportunity was uh was huge for Coppin State. You know, it's the first time a, <clears throat> a Division One HBCU has hosted the defending national champion. And so just for that exposure, I mean, you saw the crowd sold out, crowd up for Coppin State, just what it did for that program as far as bringing eyeballs to them and, and the exposure and getting their name out, huge in and of itself. But like you say, for them to kind of go out there and, and compete and hold their own against LSU was even, you know, did even more for their program. So I'm just glad that Coppin State was able to reap the benefits of this and, and kind of gain gain something out of it and not just kind of be a punching bag for LSU. They actually was able to get something out of this deal. And yeah. uh, and it, even though it was everybody really talked about Angel Reese and made it all about Angel Reese, you know, Coppin, Coppin State still gained a lot from this. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to have to look up the uh, – let's see if I can get it here. The, the stats from your – because – I can't remember the young ladies. They, they kept calling it. somebody in the, it's funny because somebody in the crowd kept calling the name. They was like, go off. I can't I want to say they were saying KT or, or TK. Go off, go off. And she had she had a really good game. A really good game. Um let's see if I'm pulling it up here now. Say what again? Tiffany Hammond. That's, That's it. 21 points. Yeah, she she was light light from three. She was deadly. Let's see here if I can get. I got it coming. It's coming. Uh, box score. There we go. Yeah, the, uh, Hammond. She was a uh, seven to fourteen from three. Then they had a double double. Yeah, Layla Lawrence had a double double. Yeah. I said Layla Lawrence had a double double with eleven and eleven. Yeah. It was, I was like I said, I was very impressed. Um, yeah, second, so second quarter, uh, LSU scored 16, Coppin scored 16. Fourth quarter, LSU scored 16, Coppin scored 15. Uh, but the first quarter was LSU 24 to 10, and then third quarter was LSU 24 to 7. And that's your difference right there. Other than that, them two, them two periods, them two quarters. Change could have changed, like literally changed the, the whole dynamic. Um, but I'm gonna tell you what else was interesting though. Um, I don't I can't remember, I don't know if it came, I think it was in the press conference. Uh, but uh Kim Mulkey mentioned uh LSU's basketball coach mentioned she would love to play a game in Tiger Stadium against Southern and let Southern get all the proceeds. Yeah, that's the um 
That's an interesting concept. I had I mentioned the possibility of uh, LSU playing a basketball game outside Tiger Stadium after the uh, what was the Nebraska. West Nebraska Nebraska played that uh, volleyball game and, yeah. and I said that's something that uh, I could see some of these big basketball programs doing like South Carolina, you know what I'm saying? Some of these bigger women's basketball programs doing, but playing against Southern and giving the proceeds to Southern would definitely change the dynamic of that event in a major way. I think it would be similar to what you saw last year in the uh, Southern LSU football game where you had 200 and some thousand people out there yeah. tailgating and enjoying the game. I mean, I think you would definitely bring the city out again for that. That'd be great for Southern, for the athletic department, to for that influx of money, you know, because it would be similar to a, a football game, uh, what you would get from a football game because of the amount of people who would attend the game. So uh, I, I think that's definitely something that would be huge if it was ever to happen. All right. Uh, completely agree. I, I love the concept. Um, it'll be, uh, I'm, I'm sure it'd be some kind of record breaking for not, uh, crowd. Yeah. You know, crowd. Um, I would, like I said, like you said, love to see it. Uh, the proceeds going to Southern, um, is, is a great touch in itself. Uh, just the amount of, of publicity that would bring. And it's that that would also be huge. Um, I love the thought of it, uh, the concept. Uh, I want to see more stuff like that. I want to see more events. And I know we kind of see a little bit when we talk about. Um, yeah, everyone says it could be the next uh, women's event to set a record attendance. That would be cool for SU to get a nice payday out of it. Really cool. Um, I want to see, um, and I know we kind of talked about it and we kind of saw it a little bit during this, uh, uh, Chris, uh, Paul's, uh, tournament or whatever. I want, I still want to see a swag Miak basketball challenge. Yeah. I want to see that. Um, yeah. Play them at you can play it at different schools, you know. Saying at the at, at the different schools to kind of, you know, generate. But or I don't know, would you do it in one arena? Because nah, I think you you should do it. You should do it kind of like they do the ACC ACC turn challenges and the Big Twelve Big Ten challenges, where you do half of them at a at a swag school, half of them at a MEAC school. Mm-hmm. You see, I'm like, and just that way, that way you can get the atmosphere of these the home court atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? And the, right. the environment and everything of playing that at at the home school. Yeah. Um, but I I also like the idea of of kind of after the season during, I guess, like the NIT, the CBI, and all that. Of possibly playing the well, no, you can't do that because I, I was gonna say like a basketball celebration bowl in a sense, but you can't do that because the both the conference champions will make the NCAA tournament. So correct, yeah, yeah. I I think I know where you was going with that. Um, speaking of that though, 
the talk of uh, HBCU um, playoff. Hmm. Has, I like that, 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 yeah. yeah, that's come up. Um, this year we would have seen um, FAMU, Central, Howard, and Prairie View. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would have been interesting. Uh, <laughs> Lord have mercy, this man. Somebody stop him. Somebody stop him. Uh, Miak Mike, who's been going through all kinds of emotions lately, uh, says, Don't put any ideas out there. Soon we are going to have a, a basketball uh, CB. Lord have mercy. You're going to make me pass out at work. This man, he was so funny. I'm going to stop speaking stuff into existence, man. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, nah, I, I do like the idea of like a uh you could uh you could start the following season with a game between like this year would have been Texas Southern and or Howard won the sweat. I mean the Miag Yeah. Yeah, you you could do Texas Southern and Howard to do like a swag Miag challenge to start the season. You know what I mean? You could do something like that instead. Yeah. yeah. Um I can see that. Um, I think what else we got? Um, I'm clicking. I'm clicking. Everyone say December Swag Me Egg Basketball Challenge. That's why I think it, it will be a perfect, like, perfect time for it. Um, Yeah, I think that's that's about it. That's all I can think of. Um, <clears throat> wait on. You gonna wait on? So you gonna wait on back to talk about that? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, um, yeah. I, I want to wait on Zach because I, I want to get his his uh opinion in there as well. Uh, hold on one second. Let me see if I can get check on our guest. See if he ready. He should be checking in soon. Um, but while we wait on that, I guess we could talk about this. Uh, before we get to the problem in Houston, uh, I do want to mention that um, on, what was it, Monday, uh, Fred McNair came out and announced that he will not be returning to Auburn State University. Um he announced that probably around 10 o'clock, somewhere around that. Uh, by noon, Alcorn had named their new head coach. Uh, it was Cedric Thomas. Cedric Thomas is now the new head football man at Alcorn. Um, I think it was a it was go, it was a it was a good move uh, by Alcorn to go ahead and get this this done, get this. Um, Announced so they can move on. Keep uh keep that recruiting class in intact. Keep guys from uh hitting the portal, things of that nature. Um, they acted very fast. It lets me know that they're confident in the hire. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I think it would be it would be a pretty decent hire for them. Um, we'll see if he's at, if he's ready to make that jump from coordinator to head coach. But uh, I think I think you know he had solid solid uh, defenses whenever he wherever he's been. So I think it'll be a decent hire. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he had a stand as a head coach at uh Mississippi Delta uh community college, also at uh UAPB. So yeah, um yeah, it's it, I think it was time. Um but uh I we do have our guests with us. Let's go ahead and bring them up, man. Here we go. Coming to us, two-time national champion from the fam you rattlers. Offensive lineman, none other than Mr. Cardell Thomas. Welcome to HBCU Hour, Cardell. How you doing? Uh, how y'all doing? What's going on, brother? Uh, nothing much. Sorry to catch you drive. I, I see you driving, so uh, sorry. Yeah, my bad. I'm coming back from the country. I just grabbed some greens and some turnips. I'm coming back right now. <laughs> All good. So, man, first off, congratulations. Uh, I don't know if it's it's a record or not, but uh, the first man to have a a CFP national championship and a Celebration Bowl national championship got you got to be the first. Uh, yeah, I probably am the first. I was just telling my uh my coach I'm probably gonna be on one of the guy code commercials in the future that probably come <laughs> on the national championship or something like that. <laughs> You're definitely going to be the answer to a trivia question in the future, bro. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a blessing, though. Let me ask you this, bro. You uh, We all seen the videos of you in high school pancaking people at them camps and all that kind of stuff. You know, you get the LSU five-star recruit, and then you transfer to FAMU as the you know, national champion and all that. What's it been like kind of managing those expectations and all that and just kind of trying to keep football as the main focus? Uh, really, you know, it's been kind of, it's been up and down, but not in a bad way. You know, it's just managing everything that I got going on and then, you know, focusing on football. It's just about, you know, kind of being a adult and maturing. So you can't do certain things that you used to do because, you know, you got so much to focus on. And, you know, it's, it's like life or death in my situation because, you know, I'm trying to make it on the field and make it off the field in my profession. So, you know, I just take a survival mentality to it, honestly. Um, Cardell, let's. I, I do want to go back. Um, you, we know you started your career out at uh LSU. Um, spent some time there, you had an injury. Um, and that you know, saying once you had that, it was kind of your career at LSU was just kind of uh, it was like you were kind of rehabbing, trying to get back to the field. Um, and you found your way back why, once you got back to, to fam. I mean, once you got to fam, you um. What was what went through your head when you finally decided to, to move on from LSU? Uh, really just at the time, just really killing our narratives about me, you know. So most people don't understand when you have different staffs come in, you know, everybody might not get the whole truth or sometimes you might not even have a chance to redeem yourself like you should. So for me, it was just I was at the stage to where, you know, just being honest, you know, you go look at the film, practice film, game film, whatever. I was always, you know, belong even after my injury. But you know, when certain people, you know, might not feel like you don't, or they don't like a certain way, you might, you might just move. You know, they be real critiquing about everything, especially on that level. 
So if you don't sit a certain way, no matter if you blocking them, dominating them or not, you know, if you don't sit how they want you to sit, you ain't playing. So a lot of times I find myself indirectly falling into a lot of politics that I didn't even try to get myself into because I come from, you know, if you a dog, a dog gonna eat. So when I got to college, it was kind of shocking that I can punish somebody and then get yelled at about my technique. So it was about, you know, just kind of trying to adjust to that every year. And especially being like a, a number two for two years or three years, it was like it got kind of to the point, okay, well, if I'm a two, well, I never, you know, got the chance to be a number one. Then when I did start a couple of games, I showed I can play. But after all, it was just like, you know, no bad blood or anything like that. But, like, I knew, like, if I wanted to still fulfill my goals and get to the NFL, I know I had to leave just off the simple fact that, you know, it's – just this business, you know, and then now owning three businesses, I understand. Like you got to make decisions that's best for you. So at the end of the day, I just knew that like if I put that much of a bad taste into, you know what I'm saying, some people mouths, then I knew I had sense enough to know I need to get out of here and go somewhere that's gonna, you know, value me. So you know, I left, ended up getting on the East West Shrine Bowl watch list and a couple other bowls. So I just knew, you know, that was really the most high telling me I need to move. And I graduated, and it's always, you know, little purple, you know, little, you know, little purple league you know, I have to go forever, but, you know, it's just, it was a business decision. So that's really what led to it. And then me being in agriculture, and then FAMU being one of the best agriculture schools, you know, in America, it was kind of like a no-brainer, too, especially me owning the farm and stuff like that. So I guess really, like, jumping in that portal, I got to see the other side of life, especially being a regular student for seven months and seeing how, they got to live, man, how some of them might have to get jobs and stuff like that. I got a taste of the real world for the first time. So that's really what led to a decision. I just had to make a man decision. So when you when you got to FAMU, did, was that kind of like a like a, a second chance for you in a sense? Did, is that kind of how it felt to you? Oh, yeah, most definitely because, like, that was the first time, like, I'm getting measured by scouts and stuff like that. And then you finding out, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you're on their radar. So at least, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't, you know, really getting told who was looking at me. So not going somewhere where, okay, you the lineman coming in, you got the potential. Then, you know, you got Coach Joe, Coach Joe Henry. He came from LSU with me. He been to a couple of SEC schools. So he actually know how to coach and develop. So it was a no brainer because I'm going there. Now I'm getting developed now, you know, I got somebody who believed in me, so it most definitely was a second chance because now I'm in, I ain't in the same place I was last year. Yeah. Uh, Cardell, I, I actually got to see you play. Uh, when y'all played AM um, in, in Huntsville, I actually you know, came, got, got the chance to come to the game, see you play. And the first thing I saw when I when I looked at you, uh, I think I called in. I was like, man, Cardell look good. I was like, like, I was like, he looked stronger, he looked bigger. Like oh, Cordell yeah. look good, and um, I just man, it's like um, when you left LSU, um, and you know they kind of talking about some of the schools you could possibly end up at. Um, I knew you were gonna be okay. Wherever you went, knew you were gonna be okay. Um, it was mostly just a. I just wanted to see how the story. I ain't gonna say ended, but how the story continued uh, for the most part. Um, so let I, I do want to talk about the championship celebration bowl. Um, being that you, like I said, were on the 2019 LSU team, 
what were you able to kind of help the guys in the locker room kind of bring some of that that experience with you and and, and stuff? <clears throat> oh yeah, so you know when you play with really when you think about it, like I was a freshman on that team when I was hurt, but you know I got a chance to have to practice play with Joe and them guys. So when you looking at guys that's great dudes like that in the NFL right now, we look at everybody that was on that team and what they doing in the NFL right now. As soon as you get in the locker room, everybody's going to want to ask you about them. And then on top of that, you know, they can kind of tell, like, when I walked in the locker room, I moved like a SEC player. Like, I was, you know what I'm saying, on point, you know what I'm saying? Certain it's certain ways that, like, I showed, like, okay, well, this is how it is on the next level. So, most definitely, and I just made them, well, not made them, but I just had, I guess I brought that, I guess I, I could say I, I brought exactly what we need into the locker room. You know, like Coach Simmons and them playing for somebody like, been on the winning team before, and you know what I'm saying, know how to win, because I've been winning since Lizzie, you know what I'm saying, I won my first championship at nine, so I've been winning, like, I ain't, my whole football crowd never was a loser, so it's like, I know how to win, and me coming in there, you know, a lot of times, people don't understand, like, no matter where you go, it's politics and everything, everywhere, so I broke a lot of stereotypes when I came into fam locker room, because a lot of times, they think grass be greener, but it really don't, like, I told them, like, man, I I was just like, you know what I'm saying, I could be just like y'all, you feel me? So that's really what it was. Once they seen like I was one of them, you know what I'm saying, coming from PWIGBC, they want to see like if you square or not. So like once they seen, you feel me? So once they seen I wasn't square, okay, like I they I gained their respect. And that was the best thing for us. Like everybody that came from different schools, once we earned each other respect, like we took off, like, you know, the whole year, we was up and down with offense. Then the past like three months, we just clicked. So once we learned each other and then we just all brought the same attitude that I planned on bringing and stealing from jump, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, we took off. So, I, yeah, so I can answer your question. Winning the championship definitely, like, brought a lot of, you know, light into a fam locker room. What was it like playing for Coach Simmons? Man, it's great because, like, man, Coach Simmons is who he say he is. You know, like, even the championship game, like, I got a flag. He took me out. But he was supposed to do that. Let me calm down, put me back in. You know what I'm saying? Now we – Doing what we supposed to do. Like he a real down to earth dude. He ain't gonna never do nothing shysty against you. And like I said, uh on Twitter, like a few coaches like be who they are. Like you got some coaches who when they come on, they're gonna be oh a great person. But as soon as I was that ass or Coach Simmons, he's the same way. Like what you see with him is what you get. And ain't too many coaches I can say that about. So playing for him was great. And you know, me coming back, I'm just ready to see what we do again. Okay. So you are coming back. Oh, yeah, I'm coming back. I go to the field. I feel like I was supposed to win some kind of award, but I ain't the kind of person to, you know what I'm saying, say anything about it. I'm internalizing then use it for fuel. We play some big games next year in Miami and Troy, so I'm definitely going to show everybody again. So that's really what I'm focused on. And like I said, being a draft prospect and really making history of film, being a lineman drafted out of there, that's my goal, and I know I can reach it. So yeah, yeah, I'm coming I mean, back for sure. You look at what fam you done did the past few years. They they could put guys in the league. So right. You, you went you you picked the school that's known for doing that. So you 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 right on track. Yep. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this uh, before we let you get out of there because I like you said you got some greens to eat. Um, sure. um, I know you mentioned goals and stuff. Um, what is something? What is what is this some some advice I guess you would give to, to uh, another player who may be in a similar situation where um, they feel like 
they're not getting the respect they they need, or or they may you know be falling into the politics of things. What what is some advice you would you would give some another player? The real advice I would give them is really honestly go with your gut feeling, and two. Like I said, you know, before, realize, like, man, it's a business. Like, this game is a business. Yeah. I would have knew that in 19, I would have been fucked off, you know. So the best advice I can give is if you could be real with yourself and say, I should be playing, and you can go look at your film, and you can sit up here. You got people, let's be real. Like, sometimes people might be like, oh, people just going to co-sign with you. But I, I know exactly what I did when I was getting rid of the court. I sent my I sent my film to coaches who was going to tell me the truth. And they like, nah, bro, like, yeah, like, I got to agree with you. So just be real with yourself. Look yourself in the mirror. And if you need to work harder, go harder. But if you're in a position where you're working hard and it's still not happening, and it's still not happening, you feel like you're on a hamster wheel, and nine times ten, just straight up, that's something going on in the, in the staff room. That's just what it is. Because a lot of times, we, you know what I'm saying, especially for people that be around football, you might look on film and say, okay, he working harder than him, but they like him. Don't get in your feelings, but just go somewhere where you value. So that's why I can say to anybody who, in my, who, who is in my position, go where you value and don't take it as a slight. Don't take it as a beef or anything because, shoot, it's a business. At the end of the day, they're going to keep on being in school and going on with their career, so you got to go on with yours. And most of the time when you approach it like that, coaches don't even get mad that you're leaving because they understand they would do the same thing if they got a call for more money. So that's really what it is, just being real. Because a lot of times athletes, we don't treat it, especially college athletes. I know me for sure. I didn't treat it like a, a business with a mature mindset, and that's what led me to put get emotional when I ran 60 yards down the field and blocked for the running back, and this dude ran 10 yards, don't hit nobody, but they congratulate him instead of, Getting mad about like, nah, y'all something Okay, I know what it is. Okay, let me shut up and keep working hard. And if I need to get out of here, get out of here. That's the best advice I can get anybody. Don't make it emotional when you're going, when you're going with your mood. Just leave and make sure you go the best place for you. And also, don't always look at NIL money because remember, it's still name, image, and likeness. So you're still giving up your name, image, and likeness for a dollar. So be strategic hmm. about everything that you're doing. And that's, that's the best advice I can give them for sure. That's hmm. real right there. I like it. Hey, Cardell, congratulations again. I hope to have you back sometime. Um, talk with oh, you again. Sure, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm getting my philanthropy now. So it's, I, I definitely I definitely love podcasts. And like I say, y'all was cool. So I definitely do it again. Ain't no problem. Uh, anytime, before, you, before you go, anything you want to plug, let everybody know where they can help. Any, any, I know you said you're doing philanthropy. Uh, but go ahead and tell the people what they can help you with or, or what you got going on. Uh, so really so far what I got going on now, uh, I just became part on part on part on a soap company named Ecolon Soap. They've been established since 2014. We're coming out with an HBCU line. We just got done with the Southern Bar uh, and the Rattler Bar. That's going to be on sale. Uh, the Instagram for the Rattler Bar is official Rattler Bar 1887 on Instagram. I had excellent forms. Uh, that's my farm that I uh, recently started up in Irwinville, Louisiana. We're getting ready to come out with a bison burger line with the food truck that we uh, just recently got. And uh, I'm a part of Girls Coalition. And really, I'm going to just be having a lot of nonprofit stuff come up. So really and truly, you can just follow my Instagram at uh, Cardell Thomas and my farm uh, page at Excellent Farms. And everything will uh, be seen there for the journey that we're taking. 
man, I definitely appreciate you uh coming through. Best of, of, of luck, um, and much success in all your endeavors going forward, man. We'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Hey, no problem. You, Ladies bro. and gentlemen, our good man, Cardell Thomas. Two-time champ. Two-time champ. Uh, y'all know what we got to do, though. We had to – told y'all we had another special guest coming through. Had to bring our man back. Our, our brother from another mother. I can't, I, I can't even call him from action no more, man. You already know what time it is. It's, it's family right here. Welcome back, Zach. What's up, guys, man? Appreciate y'all having me. I uh, was good. Appreciate Blue. you coming through. Uh, hold on. My bad. Oh, it's all good. It's, it's all good. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, like, I, lied. I lied earlier. Uh, the Saints done drove me to drinking. So, um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm there with you. Um, Zach, man, man. Um, first off, signing day. Let's get into it. Uh, it looks like there's been a move in HBCU football, uh, more conscious effort to recruit more high school players again. Um, a lot of names we saw were high school. Now, don't get me wrong. Schools are still hitting that portal, but high school kids would definitely look like more of a priority this year. Yeah, I think it had to be, though, right? And I talked about this a little bit last night with Josh on HBCU Nightly. It With the way the transfer portal is moving, you have to sign in a big early, early signing day class. I don't know if you guys remember, like Central last year signed, what, five guys in the early signing period and then loaded up in February. You have to know what you have on your roster because you have to load up early because you're going to lose some more guys at the end of spring, and that's when you can really hit the portal. So I love how I think Jackson signed like 15, 16 guys. Valley signed damn near 18 guys in the early signing period, which is bigger than some classes they've ever signed. And then Alcorn, new head coach, announced what? The day before signing day? Uh-huh. They signed 10 guys. I mean, you start seeing people load up. Fam signed a huge class that probably doesn't surprise anybody. I'm just glad that to see that coaches are evolving with the times as we talk so often about how some coaches are slow to evolve and they get left behind and it sets behind programs. Man, all the all the coaches in the SWAC, MIAC, really loaded up in this early signing period outside of a few examples, which whether they didn't have a head coach or still don't have full staffs, those those I kind of understand. But the, the established teams loaded up in the first in the first, uh, I guess, signing day. Yeah, unfortunately, Gremlin was one of those uh, staffs that wasn't able to sign anybody. But whenever you hire a coach, you know, four days before signing day or whatever, it's kind of hard to put a class together. So what do you, uh, what do you think so far of, of like who would be the winner of early signing period so far? You know, I think the two obvious ones would have to be like a, a famine at Jackson. Jackson signed the highest rated FCS prospect of the entire cycle, like a top 700 kid at running back who was committed to Utah out of California of all places too to come to Jackson be yeah. that top-rated prospect. I mean, we see all see what fam's doing. They've kind of been setting the bar in terms of recruiting. I, I think they landed a former five-star tonight. 
uh, mm-hmm. transfer from Florida State at, at cornerback. They got the Clemson tight end, and they a lot of the guys they signed out of the high school class are guys with a lot of potential. The kid, the cornerback they got from Buford, is going to be a dog, and I really, really like his film. Um, but two underrated ones, I think all corn I'm looking at just because of all the. I guess circumstances they had to overcome for them to land such a strong class, which is probably, I think top three in overall talent with a first time head coach is just insane. And so I give them a winner and then a, then a, a big shout out to Valley two men back to back years where they signed the highest rated prospect in school history, another three-star running back that broke the record and they signed a, one of the biggest classes in, in the swag and, they had, if I'm not mistaken, more than one three-star commitment, and they did it all over the place. They were recruiting Tennessee. They hit the JUCO level. They hit the high school circuit in Mississippi, and they were over in Texas as well. So those are the four programs that really stuck out to me. Um, <clears throat> Val, I saw Valley sign, um, and it, it caught my attention, um, kid out of Iger. Uh, oh, uh, Brandon? Brandon Pierrefoy. He's a yeah. dog. Oh, man. Um he had a uh, interception in the uh, North South uh, All Star game too, yeah. um, but it it was starting. You know, I was like, man, it, it was like Valley's not leaving unstone, no stone unturned, trying to you know saying build. Um, I keep saying, I keep, well, I kept saying last year, this year might be the year that Valley kind of. I don't want to set the bar too high, but Valley makes a a, a, a turn shall I say, you know, where it's, uh, it's uh, instead of us looking at Valley as a, you know, homecoming, you know, saying maybe they win one or two games. Um, I can see Valley getting to about three or four, you know, with the staff that they're bringing together. And they brought in Harold Blood. Yep. That was a big confused by that. I was confused by that, considering that the freshman that they have, um, but – he was the only like scholars. He, he was like one or one of the only scholarship guys they had coming back, though, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, well that makes. So they sense. had to they had to give some get, competition. Get capable backup who can compete. Yeah, like and I had to sit on that one. Like I got word that he was gonna go to Valley about a week mm. ago, and they were like, "Bro, we don't want anything dropped about it because we don't want anyone to come and swoop in." We we're like, "We're we're real confident about having Ty and him in the quarterback room." Which, let's be honest, I mean the bar isn't high. Like I want to make sure we put that out there. That might just with Ty and Harold, that might be the most talented QB room that Valley's had in what five, six, seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good pickup for them, but I was confused. It makes sense now, though. But I was confused when I first saw it. Like they got the freshman kid who showed a lot of promise. Why bring him in? But that's a that's a great backup to have, though. Probably one of the uh, better backups in the sweat. Yeah. Oh. Who um who was I guess you can say um a bit of a disappointment as far as recruiting like who who huh. I, I I that's kind of hard to answer is is and that may not be a fair question I mean Gramlin Gramlin sticks out but Gramlin's situation yeah. led to that and I, they I think still got to sign somebody though right. Like, you could have given me a few. That's my thing. You got to look at the fact that Simon's still there. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. you got some of those coaches staff still there. You would expect that they would at least be able to bring somebody in, bro. Especially with Mickey Joseph, too. Like, 
with his recruiting prowess, bro, like even in four days, give me somebody. I and insane for Southern. I wasn't super impressed. Like Southern sticks out too. Yeah. As as someone I wasn't super impressed with, whether it was the rollout or you know a lack of of I just didn't see the flash from either one of those. And I'll say this: I'm still. I think they landed some promising guys. I still am not sure of the ceiling of that A and M class. I, it's like we learned last year your approach didn't work, and it's almost like they doubled down on it and was like. We're going to go get guys who have fr- from the power five level and we're just going to throw them in and we're going to sign a handful of like pretty good freshman guys. And it didn't work last. It hasn't worked for the past two years. And they, they haven't, I didn't seem to change in approach for the, I'm not mistaken. They signed the most FBS guys of any SWAC school. Mm. They, they, I know they did that last year too. Like you said, so it's, and then they got what Duke Miller from Jackson, yeah, as well, who didn't play at Jackson and didn't play at his previous school. Does I I don't know what the potential is there. So those are the three, but you know, and then Texas Southern, I mean, obviously sticks out. But again, I, I think coming in, we all three could have said they weren't going to sign anyone. <laughs> Hard to find somebody um, you don't got to coach it off. Yeah, maybe the board can recruit some people. Mm. Um, should we go there now? Might as well. Uh, uh, great transition, Zach. Um, Coach McNair announced on week because we just re, you know just talked about actually before Cardell talked about you know he announced on on Monday uh, that he was he was not returning as in uh, as Alcorn's uh, head coach. Um, everything like a done deal. And then it was like, uh, uh, hold my beer. And the board of regents is said to be allegedly, uh, said to have rejected and was looking at Ed Reed and Andre Johnson. I'm so glad that's not our problem anymore. You know, the bad part is it's going to be a problem for everybody until someone gives them a shot. Or, or, or until people stop feeding into it and stop mentioning his name for every Never going to happen. Open. Uh, Never let me ask happen. a question. Why isn't he an analyst or a position coach in Colorado to build his resume since that's the person who said that, you know, he who stamped on it and, you know, saying I, I backed him to go to Jackson and all this. Why isn't he given that coaching chance to initially start off in Colorado and then build up? And you then I, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, I'll say just, you, you probably know the answer to that because he saw Dion do the same thing. Kind of. I mean, Dion at least coached in the high school level, but he thinks because of his name and because of the resources, like it's almost like when you're playing poker, he's bluffing to a point. He's either going to hope you call this bet in Hiro and then he'll release these resources, or he's bluffing that he has all these resources he's willing to bring in or offer. And when you let him in, he's betting on himself to either go find those resources or that you're, uh, or that you're going to forget. 
that what what all he promised. It, it's 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 a I I'm I'm kind of torn on the situation because I do think there it, there's a 50-50 split right now where there's people who completely overreacted to what he did. Was he wrong? Yes. But people are acting like he went out to the street and just shot somebody and like he can never have a job anywhere ever again. Like if he comes in, apologizes, does the right thing, like I think everyone will forgive him. But at the same time, too, he's got to show that he took the steps to change. So I just think there's extremes on either side. And then you got the people who are willing to hire anyone at any time just because it's a big name. And that's not right either. It's just, and I agree with you, until he goes somewhere and gets a job as an analyst or someone ultimately takes the risk of hiring him, we're never going to hear the end of this. Yeah. That's That's my next question. What's the attraction to Andre Johnson? Where this? I'm trying to figure out where this came from. Craig says that the Texans made the call for AJ. You got to think because let's be honest, a lot of the board members, even without doing a whole lot of research, are probably people who have deep ties to Texas, mm-hmm. who probably are all big Andre Johnson fans. And once I want to say, was it the Houston Chronicle? Right after the opening that had like a whole release about why Andre Johnson was the choice for this job. Hmm. So he started the PR campaign early in this process. And I, I just think there's two people who aren't right now aren't gonna budge. And you're looking at it. I, I need to I need to know outside of name recognition what Andre Johnson brings that not let's let's not even just focus on McNair. Let's focus on all the other candidates you interviewed. Tremaine, um, was it Maxie. Brett Maxey, even Mickey Joseph, who you aren't getting now, but you interviewed him. What does Andre Johnson have other than name recognition over those other coaches in terms of coaching pedigree? What does either one of those guys have over the, the can, those candidates? I, I will say this. Ed Reed's not a legit option from the people I talked to. And I got – listen, my guy – that, that I talked to is connected in Texas. I mean, works for Dave Campbell's Texas football. Like, that's my dude. Edry's not going to be the head coach there. But the Andre Johnson smoke is actually real. They're, they are really holding out for him. And I want to say he he hasn't been a coach anywhere. I want to say he was like a player personnel guy or something like that somewhere once. But I, I just don't see the – I don't see how that works, especially because you set him back now. National signing day was yesterday. Yeah. And instead of getting a coach with Fred McNair, who I know had staff ready to come with him, instead of signing a, a class that was probably going to come with him, now you miss signing day and you're going to give it to a guy with no coaching experience whatsoever. And it's just like, man, fingers crossed. Maybe all these kids will want to come play for him because he's Andre Johnson. That's great. I don't know. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Wow. Politics, politics, politics. To say the least. And this I is mean, a good question, too. It says, do high school and, co- and college players know Johnson? Because, I, and that's a good question because I was in high school when he had his, when his run with Miami and he played his career, and then that was it. The biggest thing that people may even recognize him from, or, or them kids, is the you already know I'm going with Zach, where he beat <laughs> Portland the in the death of midfield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that might be the yeah. 
Yeah, I see Craig in the chat. The AD has no power here. The AD is the one that took took Fred to the board and got denied. The AD signed off on Fred. The, the AD doesn't have the power here. But I'm reading this article from the Houston Chronicle. It's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. If, it looks like Andre Johnson might have wrote that himself. If Texas Southern is lucky and smart, Johnson will go into the Hall of Fame as the Tigers head football coach. Like, they really wrote that. <laughs> oh, lucky Man. and smart, huh? Yeah, and that's, that might be true. Will Davis said that. I'm sure Houston area kids know Andre Johnson. Yeah, and, and I'm sure a lot of, you know, some people do. But it's, it's we always got to realize, like, a lot of, you know, yeah. No, it's a, it's a bad article, <clears throat> like a terrible article. And I do want to clear some stuff up because they're this is important. OK, because I, I and I understand I was watching another show earlier this week and they were like, you know, Texas Southern never said anything. Texas Southern never made an offer. That's correct. The problem is some reporters ran with it and put the wrong wording into stuff. There was a offer in quotes but it had to be approved by the board, which it wasn't yesterday, obviously. And that was it because Fred McNair was bringing staff members, guys. Fred McNair was talking to assistant coaches about coming with him to Texas Southern. That doesn't happen unless there's an offer. Oh, yeah. It might not have been an official offer, but there was an offer. And I understand, listen, my, my, my guy G was saying that Fred was telling people in the building that he didn't have an offer. When he was telling other people in the building, hey, do you want to come with me? Hmm. So it's a little bit of a someone's lying. And yeah. I, I think I know who it might. I think I know which side of the lie was uh, coming from. And now the problem is, I'll be honest with you guys. I was ta talking to someone today. If I'm Fred McNair, I just tell Texas Southern I'm good. Don't worry about it. And here's why. You already you already put me behind the eight ball with early signing day. Yep. Now all my staff, who I thought was coming with me, has now committed to stay at all corner, go elsewhere. So now I got to build a staff from scratch when I already had it together, and now they didn't want to come with me because of the instability. I'm good. I don't want to come. Y'all go find someone else to take care of this mess. And then you look at Brett Maxey, who might be the next option. Why would he take it? He was like, oh, I was your fourth option. Why do I want to mm -hmm. come now after y'all screwed up the entire situation? You should have offered me two weeks ago. Yeah, um, it went from a promising job because being in the state of Texas with some resources. Now, if I'm a, if I'm a, listen, if I'm Tremaine Jackson at Valdosta, man, I'm staying and going to compete for another national championship. Y'all can miss me with coming to Texas yeah. Southern for nothing. Yeah, why would you take that job? No, this job, this this job is not worth anything anymore because of the dysfunction. So, um, if you're afraid of being there. There's another position that may be opening up in uh in the Swack East next year. Do you hold out? You know you got the full backing of an AD who's looking to win at, at, at all costs. Shout out to my people over at the uh uh from the Hill podcast. I saw y'all in here. So my man Wild Day. Uh 
Do you? I mean, I know you say, "Hey, I'm good." Do you hold out till possibly a uh, opening opens up there? <sighs> Maybe. I mean, I think I would. I, I I think I would consider it, especially if he sits out this year, which I don't know if that's what he's going to do because I know right. there was someone who reported that he might go to PV as an assistant. Was so, what like? Okay. I, I don't know how credible it is. It's the same. It's it's the PV insider. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesus, he was the one that reported about the Ashley Robinson contract that ended up falling oh, through. Uh, Mike Prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently there was some smoke that he reported that Fred would consider going to PV for a year. I don't know how true it is, but that is something that was out there today. Um, if I'm Fred in here, I just chill out a year. Probably not dying for money. You just you just got off your contract, man. Take a year off, and then, man, take maybe go take the A and M interview. Or if and who knows? There, there's probably going to be other jobs open. Let's just be honest. It, we just yeah. saw Dooley, who went to the SWAC championship 24 months ago. Now he's the OC at Grambling. Well, I mean, there's TV uh, Bob McDowell contract is up after next year. And you, I don't think they're going to let him go. I mean, especially be, look at the West right now. I, I'm for firing him if he don't win the West next year. Look at the chaos. Like, who's knocking them off? You know, the irony. Um, who's the, you know, Zach, the longest tenured SWAT coach right now? Maynard. You know who the longest tenured SWAT coach in the West? Ooh, in the West? Yep. I mean, is it Bubba? Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy because it what, – what's his name at UAPB was hired yeah. last year, and he's what, yeah. second? Second, yep. <laughs> Bubba was January. He was December. That's crazy. Mm. That's – I mean, that's crazy. And, I mean, you look at the SWAC West. Look at the – just look at the storylines going into next year. Alcorn got the new DC promoted as head coach. Then you got Grambling. Mickey Joseph's a storyline within himself. But then they got the past two Southern head coaches as coordinators. Because Jason Rollins is going to be the DC for that team. And, and you got John Simon, who was the intern as some position yeah. coach on that staff. And then and you he got was the, he was the OC last year. Now he's the position coach. Yeah. And then at Southern, you got a guy who is the only coach to to coach the Bayou Classic for both Southern and Grambling as head coach in his first year. And then you got Bubba last year of his contract looking to go to another SWAC championship. It would be what their third and four years. Yeah. Crazy. I, and, I, I and, but third, he's looking to go on third and to the third SWAC, uh, SWAC championship in four years or whatever you said. And people still saying that if he don't win it, he needs to go. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Y'all people can be mad at me. The SWAT champion is coming out the east. That's a fact. Oh. And I mean, um if it don't, then that says a lot about the east. And 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 uh considering we've had uh a fam you guest on earlier, Zach is wearing a fam you uh sweatshirt right now. I think they are by far probably in a in a in a far better you know what I'm saying seat. I ain't saying they finna win it, but they in a, a real good seat right now to win that. 
I'm looking at that Jackson game. Circled. That's that, and, be... and I'll throw Bama State in there because I think they got some talent. Like yeah. th- that, especially because of this. I know FAMU fans are like, man, we're not worried about them, whatever. You still got to go back to Montgomery. It's the it's what they lose on defense, though, for me for Bama State. That linebacking core is still elite. I'm talking about with Rico Dozier and Bubba possibly coming back. Oh, I didn't know he was coming back. He hasn't entered the portal, and he's not going to the draft right now. I didn't know he had eligibility left. He was, so, only, he was like a redshirt sophomore last year. That's what's crazy. Oh, okay, okay. Because okay. that's what's the crazy. COVID and the, the COVID and injuries yeah. and everything. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. he's – that man like a a, a ninth year sophomore. Uh, now Keyshawn, I will agree. I agree with Mr. Crawley. Yeah. Keyshawn's the biggest loss for me. Yeah, Keyshawn. Yeah, I agree that too. I just thought Bubba. It seemed like Bubba been playing for seven years. So I he mean, has, but this is. I got to be careful. <laughs> who's that quarterback from Texas? Uh, Casey Thompson, who's yeah. like nineteen oh, yeah, year senior, that, feels like. FAU, yeah, good lord. Terrence Robinson, Tallahassee, Alabama. All right, you better be careful. I'm, I'm hey, they saying. needed a block field goal last time to save themselves, hey, and that listen. was a not a great Alabama State team. The last time that man said, Put us on homecoming, <laughs> it didn't end well. <laughs> so, I, if Fanby runs us through the swack again next year yeah. with a road trip to Jackson. With a road trip to Alabama State, that's new impressive. quarterback. That's what. Listen, yeah, that's impressive. It, yeah, they that, said hashtag different. save the swag at the celebration bowl. It's going to be hashtag pray for the swag if Willie gets rolling like that. Yeah, I mean he might with the way he's been recruiting. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. It's going to be interesting. Gotta, we, oh man, yeah. That that game in Jackson though for FAMU. Especially if Jacoby Morgan, you know, keeps developing and making the steps he's making, man, that's gonna be if that game. Ga- that game that better be like what, what's the vets can pass like 58, 60k somewhere. Right now. It's yeah. got it's got to be it, it's got to sell out. Like if if any game's gonna sell out the vet right now, it oh, yeah. has to be that that's one. Got to be the one. Yeah, I'm which because what they they've played in the Orange Box Classic. When's the I, I know Brian's in the chat. When's the last time fam went to Jackson? And played in the vet was like 2014-ish. It's been a while, yeah. So that'd be the first time in a long time. Yeah, yeah 2014. 2014. Yeah, it's been a while. That's 10 years, bro. That's crazy. First time. Yeah, that's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coaching stability keeps family stable. That's true. That's true. Man. Who is playing in the MEAC swag um, uh, challenge? Fam, FAMU Norfolk. Yep, mm. FAMU Norfolk State, and then uh, the, the the another big game. If I'm not mistaken, FAMU goes to South Carolina State to play Chinnisbury, too. Yeah. So they got road trips to Orangeburg, Jackson. I thought that one was a break. Or it might be at Bragg, but they still do they, play they, South Carolina play State, South which is going to be a huge I game. It was at Bragg, though, but yeah. Hold on, let me. That's right, because the last game was at Orangeburg, wasn't it? That yeah. twenty to fourteen win yeah. was yeah, a that's year the one. Ago? Yeah, I, I remember uh, AD Campbell talking about that they were working on. It. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be, be a good such game, a, though. 
God, I can't wait for that one. Especially yeah. if Chinnis gets a, a nice bit of talent in there, and they're pretty good. I can't wait for that one. Yeah, because this is – yeah, I'm looking at it. Um, yeah, they play Norfolk State, uh, MIAC SWAC Challenge, uh, South Carolina State, then they got Miami and Troy, and then, of course, the SWAC schedule. Okay, so FAM goes to Orangeburg in 25. Ooh. Which might even be more dangerous that might, for FAM that might be because that will give shit as a year exactly, to build a team. Exactly, bro. I was I was just thinking that, man. That's, man. That's, man, I'm excited. Is, bro, it's December 21st, and I'm already so excited for tw- – like, my season – like, HBCU football's over. My season's not even over. I still got a game to go cover in January, but I'm already excited for next season, and my season hasn't even ended yet. Who is in the championship? Uh, South Dakota State, Montana. Oh, my. South Dakota State should handle that one, huh? I think they're uh, like 12 point favorites, something yeah. like that. Montana's sure. going to be sneaky, though. Craig asks, who's the VP and um, a, uh, AD at Texas Southern? Oh, my God. What a second. Um, isn't it Granger? Kevin Granger is the doctor. Yeah, Kevin Granger. Kevin Granger. Yeah, he's the vice president of uh, intercollegiate athletics, yep. right? Yep. That's what I thought. Okay. Yep. There you go. Man, man. Um, what else we got before we get up out of here? Um, we talked about the the hiring earlier of Cedric Thomas. Uh, you have any thoughts on that, uh, Zach? Okay, I, I I I don't know him personally. Like I do some of the other candidates. I'll say this: I talk to people around Alcorn. The energy's out like out of the roof around the building. Apparently, there were a lot of people who were kind of happy this happened. They it it wasn't a disrespect thing to McNair. It was just they felt like the program hit like a stagnant point and they needed an influx of younger energy, and that's what he is. And a lot of Alcorn fans feel like he's kind of been the guy keeping everything together behind the scenes. And just some of the videos I've seen posted, like G has an amazing video on his social media of him do- swimming on top of the locker, celebrating a win and all yeah. kind of stuff. You could tell the players are all for him. He was a winner at one of the – I don't know how familiar you guys are with Mississippi Juco's, but like one of the worst Juco's in Mississippi. And he went in there and rebuilt the program and was winning. And – I think the fact that he's set up with a, a staff he's familiar with, a staff that's familiar with the campus, doesn't have a lot of new faces, has guys he can trust with a lot of experience, and that roster didn't have a whole ton of turnover. Malachi Bailey's coming back. They're getting some guys out of the portal, and they had a strong recruiting class. They bring back Macon at quarterback, who we'll see if he lives up to his height. Um, but I'm extremely excited to see what Alcorn is, man. But based on the fans' reaction, based on the people around the community – I think I think that's a heck of a hire for ev- all the craziness that went on this offseason because I don't think going out and hiring anyone outside that program would have set them up for success this year. Mm-hmm. Now, I do think that looking at how chaotic the West is, I think Alcorn has a really good shot to possibly go and win the West this year. They have the talent to do it across both lines of scrimmage. I think depending on how – I think Macon's the key. If Macon can live up to potential, they can go win the West. If Macon maybe doesn't live up to the hype, that will change things. But I think Alcorn's in a really good spot. 
who do you think who do you think made the best hire and in the uh, swag west out of the coaches? Hmm. And I know Texas Southern has, hasn't hired their coach yet, but so far. definitely not them. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't have been them anyway. Uh, you know, I'm kind of torn. I I'll say this. I like I like I just talked about Alcorn State. I'm really happy with that hire, but I think Mickey Joseph is a extremely, extremely underrated hire. Mm-hmm. And I think if he can recruit. And I'm talking about just recruit at half the level he was when he was at LSU, Nebraska. If he can get into that state of Louisiana and get some of that underrated talent, because, man, we all three know that state's loaded with guys who get overlooked every year. If he can build that pipeline back up and recruit at a high level and get a good staff around him, defensive staff is so important because I'll, I'll say this, Hugh missed on that. The defensive staff was atrocious. And if, if, if he hires the right guys, we'll see what Rollins does as a DC. We'll, I want to see what some of the other positional coaches are. I think Mickey Joseph could be a, a, a real splash hire for Grambling. I heard <laughs> it, was, it was said Blue looked at you like you had some calculus question. Nah, man, I look way worse than that, man. That was, I hated calculus. Jesus, that, that just brought back bad memories on that one. <laughs> I heard he was bringing Ed Orgeron as a defensive line coach. Actually, actually. No, just oh, I was about to say, good lord, that that <laughs> now, if he was, was able like, to pull something like that off, if man. he pulled that off, my word, nah, I was sitting here, I was like, not what I heard, but I was like, <laughs> if so, I mean, hell, just imagine nah. recruiting. You got Ed O on that staff oh, yeah. and Mickey Joseph, but I think Mickey's gonna do a good job in recruiting Louisiana. I mean, just that last name alone in New Orleans would, would do wonders in recruiting. Um, but he's been he's he's been able to recruit the state. He knows what he's doing recruiting Louisiana. That's kind of honestly like the the thing I'm I'm least worried about when it comes to Mickey Joseph is his ability to recruit. Uh, I kind of want to see the staff he puts together. I'm kind of like you. What is he gonna put around him? Being that it's his first time being the head coach, the coordinators and his position coaches are gonna be even more important than normal. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Edwin, 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 log off, log off yeah, right we now. Gotta, we gotta <laughs> put you in timeout in the chat. On that one, that one was wild, but but yeah, I would. Uh, I just want to see what he puts around him because that's gonna be even more important than normal. considering it's his first time being the head coach, first, you know, he's he's been away from Grambling for almost a decade, so you know, it's it's not like he has his his fingerprint on 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 the program like he would like a Cedric Thomas does. Being that he, you know, is already on staff, being becoming the head coach, so it'd be interesting to see who he, all he puts around him, surrounds himself with. But I think he did a good job bringing in Dooley as the OC, though. I think that's a great hire so far. I, I've I only mean, seen one person disappointed with the Mickey Joseph hire. Who was that? Eric? Me, heck, Mike. Oh <laughs> God, man. <laughs> What's wrong with the high? He wanted every- shout out to my guy Miak Mike though. Yeah, Mike boy, he was Miak Mike was one of the Grambling high Aerie. He did, he did. He wanted Aerie. I feel bad for Tony Hole though. Yeah, I I, I still think he should have got another shot at OC. I, I do. And I I said I, I swear I said yeah, that. I, said thing, I swear but, I said that. Yeah, but I don't even know um, how much of the offense was him last year though. I heard he called plays up until midpoint of the season when that offense started to regress. They took it away from him because of politics. Yeah. 
that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how much of that was him last year. I know, so I know he had his hand on it at first, but you could kind of tell that it wasn't the same offense off these. Yeah, it, as soon as you saw Crawley's stats start to kind of decline, that's about when I got word that it was taken away from him. And it's because Hall knows what he's doing. Just, just keep this. I don't, I knew it was going to happen too. I, I felt it. I swear I said that. I swear I said it. Did I not call that? I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, some. I was like, some happened. I say because he is not. Yeah. That, that they they. I'm telling you, and I, I know this is bold. They would have won the West if they were to just let Hulk call, keep calling plays. Mm. And yep. it, and it be, and it's because there were too many big personalities in that room, and I think it's telling that they kept Simon and Holes looking elsewhere. That's all yeah. I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, that's in, yeah, I kind of agree. I kind of figured it was only gonna be one of them to stick around, and they picked the wrong one. But um, <laughs> you know me. I, listen, I'll say it. I'm cool. I'll, yeah, I'll take the heat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I'm, the thoughts, the thoughts, and uh, statements said by me does not represent what who <laughs> or at they. Yeah, I just, I just feel like. They kept Simon for other reasons other than strictly on the field. I think that's the reason why they kept Simon. But uh, and I, I think there's Tony Hall was great at recruiting the New Orleans area. You have Mickey Joseph now, so that's kind of an overlap. You know what I mean? I think some of those kind of things played factored into it as well. It wasn't just strictly the X's and O's and who would be a better position coach or who would be better you know, coach on field, it's kind of some of those factors that played into it. Yep. Politics as usual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we ain't even ooh. talking about the MIAC. <laughs> oh, we haven't. We have not. Um, the swag been so chaotic that, I mean... It ain't really been much. Uh, <laughs> Me act so peaceful. There ain't nothing yeah. really talk about. They're like, everyone really had a decent signing day there. and everything. Ain't much going cool on over right there. Everybody, they, they all copacetic over there. They had, they had one of the biggest, probably biggest coaching hires this offseason. We talked about it for two days for the most part, and now and it's been quiet. And everybody's been like, what's going on with Swag? Swag just dysfunctional, man. The Swag West. Yeah, yeah. That's true. The East has been kind of chill. It's just kind of been like, who has the best recruiting class? This year. Yeah. Yeah. This the, year, the, yeah. the West is like, hey, who's going to coach? Because, the, I mean, I'm telling you, it's going to be like, the, as fast as the coaching circuit's moving, someone's going to end up firing a first-year head coach. I just feel it. Wow. Ooh. No comment. I almost Yeah. Said I think name. we both thought about the same school on that one. Yeah. I can see it. What... I was worried about that when they made that hire, though. You know what I'm saying? Just, but I'm gonna stop talking before I give it away. But like, what I, happens? If, what happens if he comes out and goes like three and eight? I don't know what their schedule look like, but it's. I mean, it's the Swag West. It's gonna be kind of difficult. And then I don't know what their crossover games look like in the East. But Edwin said, "Don't say it." <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna just say that that hire. That hire um, was th- – this is what I was told in person. 
that hire is disappointing, but it is a hire that comes with low expectations. By who? By the administration? Because the fans definitely don't have low expectations. The fans ain't tempering their expectations. I know, I know, but I think it's the administration because they're looking at it as a – um, this is this will get me by till I find who's next. It's like I said, a one year rental. But <clears throat> could we see McNair? No, I, I, I don't. Maybe I, I guess it depends on what he does this offseason. It'll be a race. The longer Texas Southern doesn't have a coach, the less wins I'm projecting on next year. I'm just going to say that though. That just the the thought of McNair there is very interesting to me. Hmm. I think there was a lot of uh, we're gonna put everything into tennis, and tennis turned them down, and we just had to find another place to go. Yep, I agree hundred percent. They said everyone said Fred in the fit. Win and cure is all. I mean, I agree. Especially if you go three and eight. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I got a staff for you, Fred, Tony Hull. Uh, what's uh? Ah, I'm gonna tell you. Bethune Cookman, uh, old head coach. That's that. Oh, Terry, uh, Terry, Terry Sims. Sims. And then what's Ant's old head coach? <laughs> Oh, Sam Washington. <laughs> hey, you might be able to add ANT's whole staff after next year, depending on how that season turns that, out, too. So that ain't no joke. Hey, can we talk about that real quick? Let's go. Like, I understand the thought process behind getting rid of Sam Washington and bringing in a new head coach, but at what point? At what point? Do you do you kind of like hurt yourself by trying to just look at the greener grass? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you saying it? I also want to point out track and basketball, men's basketball coaches also let go, and I think it's for similar reason or the same reason. Did the track coach get hired by Tennessee? Yeah, he, I, th- I thought he left. Yeah, he get fired. He, he, just, I thought, yeah, he, he left on his own. Oh, okay. My my apologies. Yeah, because yeah, they were like what number three in the country or some yeah. crazy thing yeah, like yeah. that. They almost won a national championship in track. Okay, my apologies. I thought he was. But yeah, but my thing is like, at what point do you keep chasing the next best thing and end up like the school we was just talking about could potentially be? I mean, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You, you, know I mean? you coached at a couple of years and look where you could be now. You know, A&T set themselves up for failure, though, because I'm not going to say I know for a fact, but I have a feeling even keeping Sam Washington, they might not have went one and 10, but they were probably going max two and nine with that schedule. If they would have kept Sam for one year, everyone would have been cool with him being fired. And then you could have done whatever you wanted. I, I think the the Vincent Brown would have been there yeah. to hire this cycle if you would have just waited a year. But what happened is you hired a new head coach, first-time head coach, 
and you've set them up in an impossible situation where the whole team transferred or graduated, all your good players, you set them up with a okay team, brand new coaching staff, they fall on their face, and now it's kind of like now you're fighting for your life and there's so much pressure on him. I don't know if he's going to be able to dig himself out of the hole that he that he made year one. That's, that schedule was tough, but if you if you keep Sam, some of those players might not transfer, and and you might not look as bad the beginning of the season as you did this year. You know what I mean? And it's and part of it to me is just the optics and the perception of it. If you don't, if you actually have a passing offense, maybe people are okay with you losing some of these games. You know what I mean? But the fact that you go out there and look so inept that people aren't going to give you a pass. Yeah. It was just the optic, like you said, the optics were terrible. That it was what week nine or ten before they hit a thousand yards passing on the year. Yeah. I mean, how many games did they go without a hundred yards? A thousand a hundred on the on the in a game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There were games where they were 30, 40 yards past. I mean the bad that, part is that running back's a stud. He would start anywhere else in the country. That Kenji uh Christian kid, the transfer from Virginia Tech. Yeah. Kid's a dog. But it didn't matter because that team was terrible. They gave them. They said they made the move because Brown gave them an advantage having coached in the conference before. But there's only so much familiarity matters if you're a first-time head coach. You know what I mean? You still got to know what you're doing as a coach, and you still got to be able to go out there and execute. Yeah, it didn't matter at the end of the day. I mean, he he had a good understanding of what it takes to get beat in that conference too. So. I, I I still I I'll be honest. As much as I hate it for AMT, I hate it for Vincent Brown because I do think he was a good coach. And William and Mary's defense had a good year this year, but there were still times where there was reports coming out of that camp that they missed Vincent Brown. They don't think they nailed their DC hire, so everyone would have been in a better place if AMT just didn't make that move. And Vincent Brown now, because let, let's be honest, we know what's going to happen if he falls on his face here. He might not get another shot ever. Mm-hmm. And I hate it for him because he was such he was one of the biggest up and coming names in FCS football at this level in the CAA. And now he might just be relegated to a coordinator role. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate part about taking a job like that where you set up for failure in a sense. What's uh before we let you go, what's the latest uh with Tennessee State? What their recruiting class look like and all that good stuff. I thought they did a good job. I, I liked the mix. Again, they, they got hit by the transfer portal hard. Yep. Yep. And graduation, too. Uh, Bryce Phillips ended up going to, I want to say, San Diego State. Um, and so that was a big one. Draylon Ellis, if I'm not mistaken, is going to come back for another year. I That's think he you. had like, yeah, I think he had a grad year, whatever it was. Um, I thought they hit the offensive line really hard. They got a kid from Tennessee, th- former three-star kid who has good size. I like his game. Um, they also landed a quarterback out of Memphis. Yes. Yeah, who had who had some decent film. Um, and also too, they they made a change at OC finally. That's something that talking to Tennessee State fans has been a long time coming. They felt like they needed a young, fresh mind to put in that OC role. We'll see what what the offense looks like this year, but I'm hoping you got Draylon for one more year. The kids you got from Memphis is kind of similar athletically to Draylon. Get someone who runs that type of offense. Play into your play into your team's strength. I think there were times where I know you guys saw it as the OC it, watching the OC call the plays. 
it just seemed just like he seemed to call different offenses for Draylen when he was in the game and then Davion Bryant when he came in the game. And you can't have that. You need an offensive system that fits the skills of what you have. Don't fit it to, you know, rotating quarterbacks mid-game. They need to get a quarterback, stick to it, and make that system work for him. So I think that's going to be the key for Tennessee State. Listen, Fisher is going to – that defense is going to be dominant under Fisher. He's one of the best coordinators in the country. And I, I, I think he's a future head coach waiting. And um, I, I think Tennessee State will be fine as long as they have a decent offense. But I, I thought the recruiting class hit all the major needs that they needed. Our man Blue holding it down. Hey, uh, just a little bit of the sausage, how the sausage is made. Pause. Um, y'all. I'm going to tell you how good Blue is. I hit him up last minute, like real last minute. I was like, hey, uh, can you? Uh, he's like, yeah, I got you. I got you. No problem. Came in dropping bombs. Hey, us, man, uh, you, I, like I already told you guys, anytime y'all need me to hop on, just hit me up and I'll make time for you guys. You already know how it is. Yeah. That's why you are a guy, Blue. You're my boy, Blue. My man. I bet you right, heard uh, that a hundred times, man. Million times, especially <laughs> going to games now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it it, it gets crazy because I, I don't even listen for my name anymore because half the people don't even know like my actual name is Zach, yeah. and so it'll just be blue. <laughs> blue. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. But man, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate hey, you. Now we appreciate you. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. Oh, oh he yeah, already hopped on. Okay. Well, y'all know where to find them. You know, Instagram, I mean, on, on Twitter, on X, the bird app. Uh, man, we got anything else before we get up out of here? No, that's about it, man. All right. We'll be back next week sometime. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to y'all. Uh, until then, we out. This show was presented by betonline.ag. Bring me my money. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.